Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About It, a podcast featuring conversations with interesting people in Lexington, Kentucky, brought to you by North Lime Coffee and Donuts. My name is Joe Ross. In this episode, my co-host Teddy and I sit down with Josh Nadzim of On The Move Art Studio. Josh has a great story and is doing lots of awesome things, not only here in Lexington, but also around our state. He was so great to talk to. We hope you enjoy this conversation. I grew up in a really bad neighborhood. Um, lots of drugs, lots of crime, very broken family, very just bad, bad, bad situation. Um, so my whole dream was like, get out by any means mm-hmm. necessary. Um, so I played, you know, basketball, football, track, all that growing up. And track ended up being like my best ticket out. The D1 schools weren't recruiting me, so I thought like, I'll just recruit myself. And this was like 06, so this is before everybody was like extremely accessible. Like mm-hmm. now you can just DM somebody on Instagram. I really had to like scour the internet to find uh, emails for coaches. And I sent out a bunch and uh, most just either ignored me or said I wasn't fast enough. But then UK said I might have a shot to walk on. Pat Tyson was the, the name of the assistant coach. Um, I never actually met him because he huh. left before I came. But he said, yeah, you, you might be able to like try out. So I didn't know where Kentucky was. I was just, that's all I wanted was just like somebody to like give me a chance. And that's how I ended up here. And I love it here. Yeah. It's like the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you, what did you run? Uh, mainly the mile. Okay. Um, so I ran, so for college track, there's indoor season, outdoor season and uh, cross country if you're a distance runner. So I, I did it all three, but mainly the mile was kind of like my best in the 1500 outdoors which is like almost a mile so when you talk about a, a ticket out is that like once you've come here is there is there any going back home at all or is it totally disconnected now uh it, with each passing year it, it became less and less where i would go back yeah it was just uh I, I don't i try not to like make it a hyperbole but like truly it was like kind of escaping an avalanche Again, my neighborhood, just lots of drugs and crime, uh, lots of issues in my family, lots of people struggling with addiction and poverty. And, and I saw a lot of um, bad things as a kid that I wish I didn't. Huh. And so it was just like for here, the word association I do with Kentucky is is refuge. Where like I was able to come here and start a new life. You know, like for first 18 years, I couldn't pick the situation I was in because it was out of my control. But then once I left, I could like create my own life. So that's why I, I love Kentucky. Yeah, I try to go back to visit, you know, some of my family members and friends uh, that I that I love a lot. But this is like my little bubble down here. Yeah, is that childhood experience? I'm I'm jumping ahead to your current, but with yeah. on the move art studio, is that childhood experience some of the reason for on the move now? Yeah, definitely my main motivation uh that was kind of my dream was like if i ever make it out of this mess um i would like to start something or do something that could help kids who grew up like me because i know what it's like when you uh grew up in a bad neighborhood and it's interesting talking with older generations where some older generations were poor and and poverty sucks no matter what it is but Mm -hmm. it's very different like Old school poor is like when you didn't know you were poor and you lived out in the country and you didn't have running water, but it didn't really matter. Where like new school poor is like when you're in a neighborhood and everybody around you is poor and there's so much like instability and chaos that you're exposed to. Not saying anything's like better or worse, but it's just different. Like in my neighborhood, there's about a hundred apartments and there was one kid I remember who had a dad in the home. Uh, and for the most part, we just like raised ourselves. It was 
crazy. Mm-hmm. It was just running wild. 14 kids that I grew up with are dead uh, from drug overdose. Mm-hmm. So it was just this, like, I look back and I'm like, I don't know how any of us had a chance. Um, and it could have always been worse. I don't want to be dramatic. But it, it's just, I don't know what the chances were of any of us making it out. So that's, yeah, that, that's definitely, it's like, all right, whew, made it out of that. I'm self-sufficient. Yeah. I've made it, you know, so to speak. Like, I have all that I could ask for. So, like, now it's time to redirect my attention to other people. As you look back on the, I mean, 14 friends dying from overdoses and, and you in the same situation, do you think about what it was that prevented you from ending up in the same situation? Yeah, I mean, quite a bit, especially as a social worker. So my background is social work yeah. and got my master's in social work and I teach it at UK. And we talk a lot about um, ACEs, which are adverse childhood experiences. Yeah. And each one of us can do like a scorecard where you you rate, you rank your adverse childhood experiences. <laughs> um, things like were you exposed to domestic violence, were your parents divorced, were you exposed to drug use, were you physically abused, and you get a score and then that kind of can determine a lot of your life circumstances, whether you'll end up addicted to drugs or um, in jail or anything like that. Um, And so one of the best things to uh, protect somebody from those effects is uh, somebody who takes an interest in you. Mm. And so two of the main people were uh, my basketball coach, uh, Coach Tom Karczewski, uh, and my uncle Brad, Brad Myers, uh, were two of the main people. Um, lots of other people played roles. My grandmother was incredible. Um, my mother did the best she could, uh, with everything she had on her shoulders. Um, but they were the first two like stable male influences I had. And that once they intervened and found out what was going on, it really redirected my trajectory. Uh, you could pretty much plot it on a timeline and, and it would be like, Oh, that's the point where these two men got involved. It sounds like sports like played a big role. In that too maybe like didn't yeah totally yeah it, it's kind of funny i uh by my senior year i was captain of the football team captain of the <laughs> basketball team captain of the track team and captain of the cross country team <laughs> um but the last one is like not that cool and it's nothing against cross country but i was the only person on my team oh so like i was the captain by default so like <laughs> it's a little asterisk like yeah. captain yeah. and water boy and, and the yeah. whole team yeah but yeah, it was it was kind of like the thing that got me out of all that, especially with uh, just getting an outlet, especially football. Like I I was a very um, I had a lot of anger as a kid because mm. I couldn't handle what was going on at home um, and nobody knew. So I was just yeah, I would lead the team. It was a very weird matchup where it was like I would lead the team in points, but then also personal rejections. I would lead our class sometimes in like grades, but then also suspensions. Uh, in ninth grade, if I was going to get suspended one more time, they're just going to expel me. It was nuts. I, I just, yeah, I, I couldn't handle it. Uh, what was yeah. going on at home? It was, and I would come to school and I would act out. And I, I think looking back, I just wanted somebody to give me some structure because yeah, it was, it was chaos. And that's where you talk about those two men that you go from nearly expelled as a freshman to the captain of every school sports team by a senior. Yeah, yeah. Especially the one, one of the many moments was, um, it was 10th grade and there was one practice in particular where it was Saturday morning and I was just, 
I would miss a layup and I would just get so frustrated. I'd punch the wall. I would like little events would happen that would mm-hmm. actually have no correlation to my amount of anger. Like nobody should be getting that upset over something like that. And afterwards, my basketball coach, uh, I remember he waited till everybody left and he pulled me aside and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Josh, I know there's more than basketball that's bothering you. Can you tell me what's going on? And I just started crying. Uh, I just started bawling. It, it was like I was waiting for somebody to ask me that, but nobody yeah. ever asked me why. Everybody just kept punishing me as they should because I deserved it, but nobody ever asked why. And uh, I started telling him everything that was going on at home and everything I was exposed to. And he really stepped in. He was like, all right, I'm going to be like a father figure for you. I'm just going to. He was the first person to tell me, like, you should look a person in their eyes when you talk to them. Like these little simple things that I guess we think are innate. I was like, okay, yes, okay. Because other men in my life, I could have, I mean, they were just crap, to to say the least. Just, just. So there's no adult males in my life I felt like I could trust until my uncle and, and Coach K. Yeah, it was could always been worse, but but it, I will say it was it was rough. Yeah, uh, Jeez. And then so you get to UK and you're yeah. running track. Oh man! And <laughs> did I mean did you know you wanted to get into social work at that point? Like, or did that come along later? It kind of came along later. Where uh, my freshman year, I was undecided. Um, I was just so relieved. I remember it was like. August 18th, 2007 was my first day um, of my new life. Yeah. Uh, and I remember being at Commonwealth Stadium parking lot and my family pulled away. And I remember thinking like, I did it. Like I'm free. It was the most liberating feeling I've ever had. It was the greatest feeling I've ever had. And then, um, yeah, just uh, started you know taking classes and all that. And then I remember my academic advisor, Amy Lutch Singer, Lutch Singer, she was like talking to me and like did some aptitude tests and stuff and then eventually suggested social work. Uh, and I just took a couple classes and it all clicked and I was like, Oh man, this is, this is my jam. This is what yeah. I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To the point that you're teaching it now. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. So on the side, usually a couple semesters I teach uh, one or two classes. So it's wild. I, I can't, yeah, it's come full circle to come here. That's why I'm so grateful for Kentucky because Again, the Pat Tyson could have kept scrolling through the emails. Right. Uh, everybody's trying to make a team. Everybody's trying to, like, give me a chance. From his simple act of, like, yeah, sure, all turned into this, and, and now I'm here, and, and I'm not dead. And and it's wild. It's, like, the coolest thing. I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. Where in the process did On the Move start? It started when um, – so I got into social work just – committed to the field, loved the ideas of helping people and empowering people and fighting for people and social justice and all that. Then I always had in the back of my head, like, man, I want to do something for people who grew up like me, but it was kind of a blurry vision. I didn't know what that would be. Um, and then, then I was like, oh, nonprofit. Oh, what's that? Oh, you mean I can do that with my life? I started to learn more about that. So then it started to become more clear. Um, and then I read a book called Make the Impossible Possible by Bill Strickland. Um, he's a hero of mine. He started an arts center for at-risk youth in Pittsburgh called Manchester Bidwell. And there's a bunch of them across the country now. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, that's it. That's what I want to do. We actually tried to replicate it for a few years, and we couldn't get it off the ground. Uh, we couldn't raise the money. And this is when I met Kathy Working, who's the co-founder of On The Move Art Studio. She had the same vision. She's an artist. And um, so we went, we said, all right. She actually stumbled upon a trailer and she was like, what if we turn this into an art classroom that we just haul around while we pursue the the big center? 
And so we were like, yeah, let's do it. This was um, after I graduated. I was getting my master's and um, uh, we launched the Kickstarter campaign in November 2014 uh, and then cut the ribbon September 2015. Uh, And then been going ever since. (laughs) Now, are you yourself an artist? Like, do you... No, I've become kind of like on the side, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, yeah. but no, my, my first thing is social work and, and uh, I can teach it to the little kids, mm-hmm. you know, art and stuff, but I, I'm not going to be producing anything that you'd want to mount on your wall or, or give me money for. Uh, but Kathy does. She's incredible. She actually created the Kentucky Fried Chicken Candle, mm-hmm. if you've heard of yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's her. One day she had this idea and she was telling me about it. And she was like, yeah, I'm going to go meet with these guys. And, and I don't know what's going to happen. And it was Kentucky for Kentucky. Met with them. And then that Christmas, it was the third most demanded Christmas product in the country. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. And they still, know. you know. I didn't know it got that popular. It went viral. She had to overnight it to The View, Good Morning America. Um, oh, wow. And then uh, now they still sell it. You know, if you go to Kentucky for Kentucky, they have... Kentucky Fried Chicken Candle, and then she does a few other ones. Like I think it's like Horse's Breath is one, um, <laughs> Barn, Tobacco Field, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, she's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting to me that someone who's not an artist starts an art studio where it really just was a an outgrowth of of compassion and hey, here's yeah. a way. I would have expected you to start a sports league of yeah. some of some sort. Totally, so, yeah. I'm, impressed that you're able to go outside of your field and say here's here's what's behind this yeah and i think for me it was like i just wanted some sort of solution Um, and once i started to learn as a social worker the impact art can have on people i was like oh well duh this this makes sense because it was like i want to solve poverty i want to solve domestic violence (laughs) i want to solve homelessness and i think it's totally doable but not by any one person and the magnitude of those problems is so overwhelming that it can create inertia where it's an apathy. It's like, oh, yeah. what's the point? So then it's like, oh, what if we just all try to improve the things that we can touch around us and everybody does their part and then that ripple effect creates a tidal wave of change. And that's kind of how I look at it. It's like, okay, we aren't solving cancer. Mm-hmm. We're not preventing HIV. We're not solving poverty. But for 60 minutes, we can assure you that we're giving the best that we can to 15 kids and creating a rich experience for them uh, with arts. And we're giving them something to do. When I was a kid, all these adults always said, oh, kids need more things to do. But then they wouldn't do anything. And I always thought that was odd. And what I have found through my scientific research (laughs) is if you give kids stuff to do, they will do stuff. It's like that simple. It's like, just give them something to do. So, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have predicted art. But... Once I realized the magic of it, I was like, okay, this is what we got to do. Yeah. I have a friend who works for International Justice Mission, and he talks about the one thing that they do. And, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, we so often we start looking for the silver bullet. Like, yeah. what, what's the one thing that'll cure this? And he said, that's just not how things work in the world. Yeah. There is no silver bullet. And he said, yeah. it's everybody taking their little shot. And so you find yours and you take it and it yeah. makes a big difference. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, and I think of Lexington, you know, it's like, all right, well, we're going to bring arts classes to low income children for mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. And then Greenhouse 17 is going to nurture survivors of domestic violence. And then the Carnegie Center is going to have free literacy classes for kids. Mm-hmm. And then God's Pantry is going to provide food for people. And uh, Ronald McDonald House is going to provide housing for parents who have children who are uh, born prematurely like yeah. and that's how this stuff happens and it's it's amazing when we all just play our little role 
It's a good time to be alive. <laughs> so you guys, you, you do the Kickstarter. Yeah. You get funded. Yeah. What, what was the first, like, when you're sitting there, like, watching this vision that you had come to life, what was that like? It was really exciting and then equally terrifying. Um, <laughs> when we launched a Kickstarter, you have to hit your goal in 30 days. And with, like, five days ago, five days to go, we still had about $3,000 to go. And I thought, like, we failed. I thought, oh, my God, I feel so stupid because at that point you're so vulnerable and you're so exposed. We told everybody, this is our dream. Look at us. And then we failed. Um, So I was panicking. I thought, oh, my God, I feel so stupid. Uh, But then we hit our goal with like a couple hours to go, which was a relief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 140 people donated to it. What was the total goal? The goal was 8,000 and we raised okay. about 8,100. And a lot of people were like, oh, no, man, I just wanted to be like that last hero, <laughs> that last like person <laughs> to push over the hill, you know? And I was like, well, everybody could have just donated two days before and saved us <laughs> heart attacks. But uh, yeah, it was cool. We just got right to work and, and started renovating it. In September 10th, 2015, we partnered with Lexington Leadership Foundation and Urban Impact at Woodhill, cut the ribbon, and it's been nonstop ever since. Right now, it's January 2020, and our spring is totally booked, and our summer is totally booked. Hmm. So now we're kind of booking for fall 2020. How many kids are you going to see in a year? So our first four years, we served a little over 31,000 kids. So it's, at this point, probably like 10 or 15,000, something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's wild. I probably book too much, but I just get so excited. Uh, yeah, and especially like in the summer, summer's really cool because we, um, in the spring and the fall, we go to the same place once a week for at least six weeks mm-hmm. um, where it's like regularly scheduled programming. And then in the summer, it's more pop-up stuff. So we're everywhere. Um, McCreary County, Garrett County, Lancaster County, um, all over Kentucky, wherever. Mm. Wherever anybody invites us to go, because the most important thing is, um, as a social worker, we're taught not to be paternalistic. You don't decide for people what they need without their input. So we don't ever show up in a neighborhood saying, hey, everybody, we've determined you're poor and we're here to save you. Uh, We just say, hey, everybody, we exist. Let us know if you want us to come. Hmm. Um, And through that collaboration is is how we kind of roll. That's cool. So walk us through, like, you know, the listeners, like they've, they've never been to an event like what is that like and yeah yeah uh, what's the experience like for the kids yeah so we um so actually today after i leave here we have our first class of the um, semester at common good um Mm. which is a nonprofit here Mm -hmm. in lexington awesome people and so we will um get there about four o'clock um start at 4 45 and at 5 30 we'll have about 40 kids and so today we just have a a fun engaging art activity where we'll set up we've got lots of volunteers um, we try to have background music when we can. We probably won't today because it's 40 kids, so it's it's a lot. And there's a tipping point there where I found at a certain point in the size of the group, background music actually makes it louder. Yeah. So, like, if there's, like, 10 or less, you got background music, it actually makes it calmer. But then after a certain point, everybody's trying to talk over it. So, But, yeah, if we have, like, 10 kids or less, we'll actually do it in the trailer. Um, but today we're going to have 40, and it's cold, so we'll do it um, inside their building. And then, uh, yeah, just lots of stuff like that throughout the week. Um, Paris Independent Elementary in Paris, Kentucky, Title I school. Um, they didn't have an arts program, so they asked if we can come. So every Wednesday from 8 to 3, we're inside their school uh, mm-hmm. running their yeah. arts program. Uh, in February last year, we started serving uh, the Juvenile Detention Center. 
So on Fridays, we're there from 8 to 3 in Lexington, working with about 50 kids who've been uh, detained in that center. And then we do lots of like fun events. Uh, so the third Tuesday of every month, we do an event partnering with Crank and Boom, uh, where every kid that comes gets free ice cream, free art, and free snacks. Mm. So that's from 5 to 8, third Tuesday. We also do birthday parties as fundraisers, which has been a cool development. I never would have thought of that. But people kept asking us. And at first, I was like, well, that's not really part of our mission. I thought they thought we were like a business, you know, like traveling circus kind of thing. Right. <laughs> and they're like, no, we would fund your mission. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, we do birthday parties. Uh, <laughs> so, like, we did one on Saturday. It was about 20 kids. Uh, uh, this young girl turned eight years old, um, provide a couple art activities, uh, and the parents donate. Um, mm. And it's been really cool because I can, I guess the other benefit, it seems, is I see this reaction of the parents, especially the moms, where you see their shoulders roll forward. They're like, oh, thank you. Like, that we're occupying their kids because... You know, if you're a parent, you're balancing all this stuff. Now you've got 20 kids to entertain who are hopped up on sugar. Um, they're like, oh, if you guys could just plan the activity and do them. It seems to be an unexpected value. I didn't realize we were offering. Yeah. Uh, That's the fun thing. Any Anything you start new, you launch in with a big dream. Like yeah. You have the, the vision of what it's going to be in your head. Mm. But then it takes on life and yeah. it becomes its own thing. It, yeah. It, what have been some of the most fun surprises for you along the way? I'd say the, the, the one thing is that it can be sustainable. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just, it's one of those things where I really believe like leap in the net will appear, just like mm-hmm. go for it. And so, you know, we as a group have a lot of passion and, and I have a lot of energy. But if you were asking me day one, like, what's your business plan? Or like, I didn't know. I just believed that we could do it. And it's a little bit naive, but like, I just believe firmly in it. Yeah. And so just things start happening. So like there's been some Title I schools we've partnered with where they'll ask us to come and they'll say, well, how much do you charge? And I'll be like, oh, no, we don't charge. This is like free. And they're like, well, no, we have a grant that we have to spend. So I never would have thought we could serve the kids we're serving for free. But then the school donates to us. Yeah, I never would have thought of that. Like, wow, because I was like, no, 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 it's, it's all free. So things like that were, were really cool. Um, and just in the most humble way, the only way a nonprofit exists is if people support it. And a lot of times there's that cliche of like, without you, this wouldn't be possible. But in the most literal sense, a nonprofit is a group of people trying to address a need that the community decides, hey, we want that resolved, but we all have jobs and we don't have the time to do it. So here's some money. You all go do it. So the fact that the community is trusting us with their donations to serve some of the most vulnerable kids is a tremendous honor and not something we take lightly at all. It's yeah. it's like, oh, okay, I don't want to mess this up. You know, it's like uh, a lot of pressure in a good way. You know, I really take it seriously. Yeah. Josh, do you have any, like any like fun, and I know you probably, you know, can't share names or whatever, but like any fun success stories that stick out to you, <laughs> like that you share? Yeah, I'd say one of the coolest ones was with, um, at the Juvenile Detention Center, we've tried different forms of art and, and uh, painting, drawing, coloring, everything. Uh, and one day, Callie Denham, who leads our classes there, she decided to bring in some uh, dancing, mm-hmm. uh, like a hip hop instructor. And, you know, we didn't know if it was going to work. And, you know, most teens in general are pretty indifferent, like, oh, I'm too cool, you know. But like it went so well. And one of the kids said that he forgot he was in jail. Oh. Uh, like it was that kind of freeing of an experience. Huh. I never would have expected that male teens who've had to become kind of tough because of their life circumstances would say something that 
uh, vulnerable. So things like that have been super cool. And just um, hearing, you know, from Paris Elementary, how the teachers are saying they see changes in the kids' behaviors and mood um, and the creativity. It's just it's just been really cool to see. One really other cool thing that I, I will try not to get choked up on. With the kids' art day at Crank and Boom, there's been some families who've come to almost every one. And there what we do is, like, you come with your kids, you see the activity we're doing, uh, we give you the supplies, and then, like, you go do it. And it's just been cool to see some parents going off in the corner and having that moment with their kids. Mm. Especially, like, like, right now I'm picturing this one father and daughter combo. And it's just because of my own bad experiences with my father to see like, oh, wow, that's a male who is just being there. Like, it makes me really emotional. And, and to, that's kind of my hope is like that girl is going to grow up, you know, 10, 15 years from now and reflect on it. She's not going to know who provided the art activities. She's not going to exactly know what she'll say. Yeah, I really liked once a month, me and my dad, we would go and do this thing and we would get ice cream and it was cool. And like, that means the world to me. I don't care who gets the credit. It's just like, all right, that's what we can do. So it means a lot to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Giving leadership to a nonprofit. To me, there's, there is that constant stress of we believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And it, it also, it's only sustainable because of the people who are helping. Yeah. I, I think until I, in a, in a few different places, started receiving um, funds from people, I had no idea. I, I thought it was kind of just a transaction. I had no idea what a vote of confidence yeah. it feels like yeah, when yeah. somebody chooses to give to you. Yeah. And I would imagine that even has contributed to just the amount of gratitude that you, you tend to show to see a community that's embraced this. Yeah. I'm really excited to, to see where it takes you because I, I, I know you're working on a second trailer now. You're doubling. We are. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, actually just hauled it up to um, Cincinnati. So archive of creative culture uh, with Lacey is she's going to lead the renovation with us. So it's going to be up there. We're going to be fixing it up. Hopefully, uh, we're going to do a lot better job with this one, uh, making it more space efficient. Uh, but yeah, my dream is in five years, you know, we'll have five trailers going all mm. out because this thing doesn't take that much money to, to replicate, you know, especially for the kind of money you see thrown around for, you know, political campaigns and things that are so fleeting, you know, $10 million on a political campaign that lasts six months and then you move on. There's money out there for, for good things, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping we'll have a fleet one day. And there's a way to like schedule it almost to be like a, a bus station. We're like, all right, everybody, like trailer one's going to Winchester today. Trailer two's going to East End. You know, there's a way to structure this where it's just smooth and fun, like a hub. I can't wait to see it. This I, I, I love seeing somebody with a vision and then also the... Um, just the drive to actually go out and accomplish it and, uh, and to do it when you are putting yourself out there in a pretty vulnerable way. And Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do lightning round? I think it's time for lightning round. We have lightning Ooh. round questions. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Mine are Lexington questions and Joe's are like silly personal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good life questions. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you, you get a free day in the city, free day. know where you have to be. Ooh. Where do you go just because you love being there? Hmm. I would definitely go. Can I plot out the whole day? Yeah, well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would start with a cup of Commonwealth. All right. Uh, I would hang out there for a bit, and then I would go to. Um, I'd go for a run. So I'm still a runner. So I would go to the Arboretum. Uh, go on a run there. It sounds nice, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go for a run there. 
come back, um, shower up, uh, probably get lunch at somewhere like Doodles um, or Alfalfa's. Then come back home, kind of rest for a bit, and then just go out with some friends, maybe to a local brewery or um, like Goodfellas Pizza, something like that. Just kind of hang out and enjoy enjoy life. That's a good day. Yeah. Except for the run. Yeah, yeah, The rest yeah, of it's yeah, a yeah, great yeah, day. I, yeah. <laughs> I like running. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's very relaxing. Okay, yeah. so it's a summer day, mm. and you're, a, you know, you're out just kind of enjoying the sun, summer sun. What, what album are you listening to? Uh, enjoying the summer sun, I would say, um, Incubus, uh, make yourself nice. Uh, Incubus is my favorite band. Uh, Brandon Boyd's like my spirit animal. Um, but yeah, that, that album transformed me. Uh, so definitely that whole album from start to finish. Yeah. It's a great album. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Your, uh, most beautiful spot in Lexington. Well, most beautiful spot, um, in Lexington, I'd say, uh, sitting at the overlook, um, at Ravens run. That's still uh, Lexington, right? Yeah. Still that'll count. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that overlook, you know, in Ravens Run. Yeah. Just sitting there or any spot in Ravens Run uh, is awesome. But that overlook is like, wow, this is great. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going to grab some kind of like junk food. Mm. What's, what's your, what's your go-to? Well, part of me is like, should I say North Lime Donuts? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a plug? Come, I mean, come no, on, no, man. No, no, we're no, we're no. putting oh, it right out yes, there for yes. you. Yeah. North Lime Donuts. Mine's like a Little Debbie, so, I mean, okay. yeah. That's but, yeah, well, yeah, what, what, what well after North Lime Donuts, um, <laughs> Swedish Fish. Yeah. Uh, I really like wow. Swedish Fish. The yeah. big ones, too. Like, yeah, the, yeah. I really like those. Um, yeah, Swedish Fish. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, the worst one is I, I've never found anybody that actually likes black licorice. Oh, yeah, you're Isn't right. Disg- oh, you like it? I do. And You're the I, one. I, I think I picked the one person. I don't oh, really know. Oh, man. Yeah. I always thought it was like a prank by like a candy company. Like, wouldn't it be funny if we sold this? Oh, man. That's wild. Yeah, my wife, like, she at Easter goes out and buys a big a big bag of black jelly beans. And for you. For me to, to eat. And I don't eat them all in one sitting or anything, but, sure, you know, yeah, just over, over time they, they disappear. Yeah, you're a strange person. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. No judgment, but wow. That's <laughs> All right, last one. Ten years from now, mm. looking at the city of Lexington, yeah. what do you hope to say, here's a way our city's different and better now? Different and better. Um, I'd say one thing I really like the trajectory we're going is just increasing bike lanes. Uh, mm. You know, once we got the Legacy Trail uh, and, and they're going to try to complete the Legacy Trail and then getting the um, Town Branch project up, I, I think, and, and making it more like walkable. You know, I talked to friends in other cities and like, most people like ride the bus or walk, but here everybody um, drives, you know, because the mm-hmm. transportation system isn't, isn't quite up there yet because we're not that huge city. No disrespect to them. Mm-hmm. I know they're doing their best. But, yeah, I'd say that just just the more bike lanes and the more um, I, I think the scooters we got recently are awesome. Just alternative means for transportation, which bring people together because then people are required to interact with each other. When you interact with each other in traffic, you become like moral enemies, you know, like it's, it's how we behave inside cars. Um, but I remember hearing a quote where it says, you're not stuck in traffic. You are traffic. And I remember thinking like, wow, that's right. Like I'm mad at, you know, but I'm traffic. So what if I get out of traffic? Um, So I'd say that just the more bikes and, and, and accessibility and walking and, um, really hyping up our parks. We have a lot of parks here. Right. I just don't think people know as much about them. So, yeah. yeah. You come to know a place in a totally different way. 
when you walk via walking or a bike or whatever compared yeah. to in your car and you're right there's like a camaraderie yeah. among anyone on the streets except for the people in the cars yeah so. and it's our, it's just our behavior yeah. I, i've read some research about like it, it's some, it's almost like a transformation like we turn into this aggressive thing and it's 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 bizarre so yeah get people out of the cars and just walk around <laughs> <laughs> well josh if, if uh, people want to find you on social media um how would they contact you yeah me personally you or, or on the move uh, yeah so for, we have uh, facebook and instagram on the move art studio um excuse me is our handle uh, my name is josh nazim so that's my handle for instagram or, or facebook or anything like that but yeah and it would love for people to get involved any sort of support people want uh to get involved with to be super cool yeah that'd be awesome Awesome. volunteer involvement yeah yes yeah with lots of volunteer opportunities lots of sites and you know you don't have to have um art experience to be a volunteer we just say as long as you care about the kids and you can be present for 60 minutes and just bring your personality to the table that's yeah. perfect yeah it's a great time to be alive so come on out volunteer and uh we would love to have you that's so, great yeah. josh thanks so much man yeah appreciate thanks for having coming me. in yeah thank you this is awesome i appreciate it Thanks so much for listening to Let's Talk About It. If you want to find Josh on Instagram, his handle is at Josh Nadzim. And if you'd like to find On The Move Art Studio, the Instagram handle is at On The Move Art Studio. This has been Let's Talk About It, brought to you by North Lime Coffee and Donuts. side i teach at uk and i try to use as much office references as i, as I can <laughs> later in the semester once we talk about a bunch of stuff it's a social work class um i'm actually it's the um grief counseling episode oh yeah uh, i'm just gonna play the whole episode and like pause it every few minutes and be like <laughs> all right so um i'm gonna use this concept from class and then like all right so what would you say we're gonna talk about like affect and um, what would you say if you were the social worker and, you know, what is Michael's underlying meaning as he's, it's <laughs> great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this, at this point, how many of them have seen the office in your classes? Have most of them? Yeah. So I always ask, um, I'd say with each semester, it, it does seem it to be getting going. less, yeah. uh, but still quite a bit. Okay. Um, but this is my seventh semester teaching first semester. It was like 90% of the class, you know, and, I, and that'll probably change because at the end of this year, I think it's going off Netflix. Oh, yeah, it I is. Because we lost friends. Right. A lot. Mm-hmm. They went away. Yeah. Emily, my wife, Emily, yeah. had a, um, a new physical therapist show up. Uh, either that or I think maybe she's a student physical therapist show up there. And she said, I found this great new show. She was dead serious on Netflix. No. It's called Friends. No. You all have to check it out. And she thought she had discovered this. She thought it was a new thing. What? It's like one of the most watched shows of all time. But she said there was no irony. It it was entirely sincere. Like, you all need to go watch this show. It's called Friends. That'd be funny. What's it about? Well, you know, just a bunch of young adults living in New York. Oh, gosh. I'm sure people close to me maybe get annoyed, but like, that's just kind of my, I'm like, Wow, like I, I genuinely feel like this is the greatest time to be alive, and like mm-hmm. the, the amount of things we can do. I mean, this is amazing that like we can do your 
for most of life, uh, for most of human history, life expectancy was 30. And that's all you got. You got like one decade, two decades, three decades, and that was it. Yeah. So now we can live to our 80s and 90s. It, it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's like the greatest time to be alive. This is kind of how I feel. <laughs> it's true. Uh, are you are you a pit, are you a Steelers or a Pirates yeah, fan? Okay, yeah. all right. I haven't missed watching a Steelers game uh, since fifth grade. No way. Uh, so big Steelers fan, Pirates fan, Penguins fan. Yeah. Um, or, Pittsburgh is also the only city in the country, to my knowledge, I could be wrong on this, where all the pro teams are the same color. Oh, I never, I didn't think about hmm. that. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of creates this blanket uniformity where everything's black and yellow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I've racked my brain thinking, but every other city they're, they're just kind of different so yeah you go there and it's it's what you do it's what you wear it's the christmas gifts you get it's the leading thing on the news it's the, if you go to a church service on a sunday there's some reference to the game uh it's 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 fascinating it's it's a deep part of my culture uh that's cool so yeah that's cool i'm an yeah. eagles fan personally okay. but i'm not from philly or anything it's just it's a long story but you know one time they were the, the same team for, yeah the Steagles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. World War Two. Yeah. 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 They had to combine the teams. Yeah. They merged yeah. and became the Steagles yeah. for like a year because so many players were being drafted mm-hmm. into uh, the war. Yeah. So they, yeah, the pit, it was like the Phil Pitt Steagles. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So it's something like that. Yeah. 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 So we were, we were united at one point in time. Sure, yeah. You know? Just six hours apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 